I wish there was a way to know you're in the good old days before you've actually left them. episodio del podcast After the Storm. Hoy empiezo en el primer idioma que aprendí. Casi nunca hablo español, pero soy latino y soy hondureño. Rara vez hablo del orgulloso que estoy de mi cultura latina, pero recientemente me he encontrado con más orgullo latino del que jamás recuerdo haber tenido. Es una parte de mí que nunca quiero perder de vista y las luchas y los sacrificios que hicieron mis padres y mi familia para traerme a mí y a mis hermanos y mis hermanas a este país es algo que nunca quiero olvidar. Ya sea por la cultura, la comida, la música increíble o todos los dialectos que provienen de nuestros países de origen, ser latino es algo de lo que debemos sentirnos orgullosos. En los últimos tres semanas he estado descubriendo tantos artistas latinos que no tenía idea que existaban o que nunca le di suficiente atención. Artistas como Mon Laferte, Gracie, Simon Grossman, Cultura Profetica, Ile, Julieta Venagas y mucho, mucho más. Pero vi a la bichota, Carol G, absolutamente romperlo en Coachella y me puse nostálgico. El latino gang se fue mundial y nuestra música ya no solo es hecha para el mercado latino, sino para todo el mundo. Y eso demuestra que hemos llegado. Carol G. Enro, algunos de los grandes de la historia de la música latina. Selena, Cela Cruz, Shakira, Ricky Martin, Carlos Santana, Richie Valenz, Daddy Yankee y más. Y no puedo evitar sentir nostalgia y estar orgulloso de cuán lejos nuestra cultura ha llegado y el impacto que estamos teniendo en el mundo. Entonces no me importa si seas hondureño, cubano papi, colombiano parce, puertorriqueño, nicaragüense, mexicano, chicano o cualquier otro país que representas. Nunca olvides dónde plantaron la raíz que te ayudó a convertirte en lo que eres hoy. Y nos tomamos las 200 
tantas copas que hayan en la barra Y nos subimos a cantar la tusa hasta que todos se vayan Esta noche va a cumplir con mi misión Es que tú repitas el pedazo de mierda, él y no soy yo Otra vez te falla y dice que lo siente Ya tiene el truquito ese pa' convencerte La rutina es que con otra se divierte Llega a casa y quiere hacerse el inocente Tiene cara pa' comprarte con detalles Y una labia, hmm, digna de recuperarte Pero que va, tú por él no lloras más Dile a ese pendejo que se vaya porque ya no vale nada Amiga, deja solo a ese payaso Si le pagaran por hacerte sufrir ya sería millonario Desde ahora se convierte en adversario Y hoy salimos a beber si es necesario Y nos tomamos las 200 copas que hayan en la barra Y nos subimos a cantar la tusa hasta que todos se vayan Y esta noche va a cumplir con mi misión es que tú repitas el pedazo de mierda es él y no soy yo Donde no te buscan no haces falta Pero esto va para todas Demuéstrale que se va a tener que poner más hijo de puta Si te quiere volver a ver llorar Así que arriba esas copas, salud Well, after that intro and that music, I hope you're all feeling quite nostalgic because I definitely am. And as I was saying in that intro, I am in a point in my life where I'm really embracing my Latino culture and the music behind it and everything that it means to be a Hispanic and how proud I wear that anywhere that I go. And that leads me actually into today's interview, our first interview on the podcast. And... What I decided to do is I wanted to have one of my dearest, dearest best friends on the show to just talk about life, discuss things, and really open the format for people to come and share their stories. And one of the things that we talked about that relates to exactly this Latino culture that I'm so proud to be a part of is those gender norms and that Latino machismo culture that a lot of us grew up in. And for anyone who needed a translator for that whole opening segment, essentially I was just discussing how proud I am to be Hispanic and although I don't always show it and I don't really use my Spanish that often, it's something that I don't want to forget and I want to carry on to future generations. And the thing that had me so inspired was I was all over the Coachella streams these past two weekends and Carol uh, G, who I am obsessed with, I fucking love that woman she's perfect and she had her set on sunday and she did her songs of course tusa doscientos copas uh richota uh, she even brought becky g out the whole thing but the cool part about it was that she took time out of her set to pay homage to all of the great latino legends that had number one hits that never had the opportunity to grace the Coachella stage. And in all facets of life, I think it's important to 
pay homage to those who paved the way for you to get to where you are at. And whether that be career-wise or your parents or, you know, like in her case, different artists, it's important to just understand your roots and, and, and have that pride uh, for those people that represented you and that helped you get to where you are at today. And so here we are, four episodes deep. We're a month old. It's crazy. Doesn't It feels like a lot longer to me, but... I like the direction of the show so far. A lot has, a lot of good has happened uh, since then. You know, a little bit of bad too, but I would say the good outweighs the bad so far in terms of what I've gotten out of this podcast. So whether this is your first time listening or your fourth or whatever the case may be, if you don't know the drill by now, allow me to tell it to you. So for those of you that don't know me, my name is Eddie, and I'll be your host and guide to the After the Storm podcast. So feel free to sit back, pour yourself a drink. We'll share some laughs, some moments as we enjoy this ride down the path of self-acknowledgement, life, and of course, music. here we go the first interview of the after the storm podcast and what a fitting guest to have on the show uh before he even gets a chance to say anything about himself give me a second to just introduce the man that is about to speak over your speakers he's been one of my best friends for well over a decade now uh and just i mean the kind of guy that would just give you the shirt off his back if you needed it and just honestly man like just one of my best, best friends. And I could sit here and I could gas him up for hours, but then, you know, I, I, he would never get a chance to speak. But without further ado, allow me to introduce to you one of my best and dearest, dearest friends, uh, Mario Lola. Thanks for that intro, Eddie. You know, that was very, uh, that was very humbling, to say the yeah. least. Uh, uh-huh. Thanks for having me on the podcast, man. You know, it's an honor to be your first guest. Of on, course, uh, man. On this adventure you've, you've, uh, started you know man Appreciate yeah it. man uh, of course no it's it's fitting i mean i i've talked to some people already about having them on the show but you know somebody i feel like this is this feels like a like a good choice you know uh we've we've had a lot of, we've gone through our ups and downs a lot more oh, yeah. ups and downs i would say you know <laughs> I get, I, we get on each other's nerves all the time man but you know, that's what brothers do um but happens, bro. that's that sibling rivalry you know exactly that's that sibling rivalry bro. like truly truly your brother so being that this is the first interview right and yeah. uh, some of the people that uh will be listening to this will not know who you are and even for those that think they know you right oh i, I see what you did there uh you know you know yeah. <laughs> you think little, you know me little, lo- little low-key reference for somebody people who, who might not know that um so what i wanted to do was uh i have a question for you mario do you 
do you like icebreakers? Yes, I love to break ice. Okay, so then Absolutely. do I have the icebreaker for you? So let me set this up really quickly. This is an idea that I want to do with every guest I have on this show. Originally, I wanted to do this at the end of every episode, but instead I figured it's a good little icebreaker for everyone to get to know the guest on the show. So it's a little 10-question questionnaire that I put together, and Mario has never heard any of these questions before, so he's going to have to answer them rapid fire. Okay. Bring me back to English 101, bro. These yes. icebreakers, let's do it. Yes, the icebreakers, for sure. All right, so cue the music. Question number one. What is your favorite song? Favorite song of all time is probably Civil Springs by Fleetwood Mac, Left Off of Rumors. What is your least favorite song? Oh, man. For a while there, it was uh, Man, I Feel Like a Woman by Shania Twain. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that song does give me nightmares as well. Okay, number, number three. What turns you on creatively, spiritually, or emotionally? Just someone who's funny, bro. You know, like down to earth. Mm -hmm. Somebody that doesn't doesn't think doesn't think that they're all that in a bag of chips. Gotcha. Okay. And what turns you off? Conceit. Somebody that's conceited. One hundred percent. That they're like like don't. It's not all about you. You know. It's a give and take. Gotcha. It's to the tango. What is your favorite curse word? Fuck. Seems to be a popular answer. <laughs> what album gets you up in the morning? Probably Bee Gees' One Night Only. Their live concert in Vegas, '98. What artist catalog could you completely? live without i guess garth brooks garth brooks okay not make, a country make, guy no, make no difference to me what profession other than your own would you like to attend i would have loved to have been a screenwriter if you had one song left to live what would it be cashmere let's up and finally if heaven exists what would you like to hear god say when you arrive at the pearly gates you did your best and your best was enough to get you here very nice, very nice. All right, big round of applause for Mario for getting through the icebreakers. Uh, I don't think any of those answers are very controversial. You kept it safe, conservative. I, I respect those answers, you know. So, well, I, if you know me, you know I'm a safe, conservative guy. So, absolutely. That, that's uh, <laughs> it's nothing off, off the top of the off the top of the mountain. You know me. I like to go for the controversial answers sometimes. Controversial so creates like, cash, you know. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, so. Now that we got the icebreaker out of the way, let's get let's get into it, man. So first of all, a, a big question that I just want to I like to ask people. How are you? You know what, man? I'm good. I'm yeah. I feel I'm feeling very good. What's what do you have going on in your life right now? What's uh, what's what's got you feeling so good right now? I feel consistency mm -hmm. for, for, for a change. There was a lot. There was a time there where things were very inconsistent with me and my uh, day to day life. But over the last couple of the, over the last, I want to say three, maybe four months, just a lot of consistency in everything and in all aspects, not just professionally, but personally as well. Do you feel like you found like some kind of routine or something that's kind of got you going and just you feel like you're going towards the right direction that you want to go in? Yes. And, I've, and I'm taking and I'm actively taking steps as well to go further than where I am right now. So that's. I feel I feel a new a newfound sense of motivation as well. That's awesome, man. That's great to hear. That's great to hear. So obviously, the show one of the central focuses of the show is 
basically our target demographic, right? Like our generation. I hate saying that our generation is <laughs> millennials. I know it, it ages us so bad. It ages us so much. But uh, I feel like for me personally, uh, these late twenties um, and you know these eventual late uh, early thirties, uh, they have felt like just a very unique time in my life. I've never felt some of the feelings and, and, and things that I've had going on these past couple of years mm -hmm. at any other point in my life, at least not consistently. So my question to you is, how do you feel you've adjusted to this this era of your life, these late 20s? So uh, when I turned 27, I remember saying to myself, fuck, my parents had me at this age. I saw a couple of my friends, you know, getting engaged, getting married, you know, uh, moving up, moving, moving forward with their lives you know, uh, having families, going here, going there. And I thought to myself, okay, still a couple of years left here. That's what we can do. But as the years were going by, I feel myself getting left behind. Mm -hmm. And that's where the way I'm feeling now comes into play. I said to myself, you know what, man? The late, our late 20s aren't what they used to be 30 years ago, 35 yeah. years ago. It's a different world, economically, politically, uh, geographically. You know, everything is not the way it used to be. Mm -hmm. So I think, I think it's safe to say that at least a lot of people, that from what I've seen, a lot of people in our generation are still trying to, you know, get over that hump. Okay, mm -hmm. get to where they need to get, no matter how long it takes. And it's becoming more socially acceptable as well to do that. You know, get into your 30s, not knowing what's going on. Have your family in your mid-30s, you know, not your mid-20s as it used to be. Mm -hmm. So seeing that, uh the, like doing that making that comparison as the years went by the last couple of years make me this is what led to me feeling better mm -hmm. about myself these last couple months that's awesome and I, I truly to to kind of go off what you just said especially in in our culture in our like hispanic culture a lot mm -hmm. of our parents had their firstborns at a very young age mm -hmm. um you know my mom had my my brother my oldest brother when she was like 19, 20 years old. I mean, I dude, when I was 20 years old, I was just, I was like, I was like planking on cars and, you know, <laughs> drinking like whatever you put in front of me, like not caring about anything. That extends all day, son. Yeah. So, so that idea of, of life kind of passing you by because you reach a certain age, it, like you said, this, this time right now, is different from what it was 30 years ago 20 years ago even 10 years ago yeah. so it's we we tend to put a lot of pressures on ourselves to to want more to see more and exactly what you just said i i've said on this show before that i felt the same way that people around me getting married moving this and that and i kind of felt a little bit left behind but that's kind of just something that that it's in your own head and there's really no you you, you build like this race for yourself and you're not running against anybody but yourself but you're, you're you're chasing after this these goals and just the more you think about it the further they seem away and you're not taking things day by day and so it's important and and, and making that comparison i sorry to interrupt you but making that oh, comparison yeah. to what we how our, for example our parents generation that adds to you know our to like our stress uh it, it has it does have an effect on our mental health and i know that you you're big you're big uh this podcast is big on mental health mm -hmm. and you know talking about it in an open space and and you know making it so more socially acceptable yeah and um 
it, it does take an effect on on people mentally, man. Mm-hmm. Myself included. I mean, and not to put you on blast here, but I know a couple of months, you and I and another friend of ours, Vanessa, we went to, we got together, you know, had some late dinner, and we talked, man. And mm-hmm. that's not that's something that that's very um that I applaud because mm-hmm. not a lot of people have it in them to be like, yo, you got some stuff going on, let's talk about it. You know, if you feel comfortable, let's do it. Let's talk about it. Let's get it out there. Let's let's. Let's put it out in the open and see what we can do to either fix it or or stabilize it. Yeah. And I just want to thank you for doing that with my with me because not a lot of people noticed the way that where that I was like not to say acting out like I'm a five year old, but I was acting out and you did notice. Yeah. And I appreciate that, you know, man. No, Maybe. of course, uh, of course, brother. You know, I love you, man. And and that was just something that for me when. I, people that I've known for a long time and some people that even sometimes it's not even a, a time thing it's just people that I get to know very well and things will happen where I'm like okay this is off you know this isn't like this this isn't normally like this person and so when I see these signs I always I don't like to just you know completely fully rush in but I just say hey you know everything good what's going on if you want to talk about it you know obviously I always welcome those conversations and, re- and recently in my life these past two three years I've definitely had a lot of people that have been put in my life um, some from the past that have come back in and other people that I've just you know met and gotten closer with that have really taught me a lot about uh, the importance of mental health and therapy and things like that. And so the fact that they relay that to me and I feel now my job is to really relay that to other people. And so uh, one thing with us that I was going to my next question with you is, you know, that that same Hispanic culture that we were talking about um, and how our parents had us when they were young and, and all this stuff. Another big factor in our culture is that machismo uh, mentality and how for a lot of men in, in, in our culture, uh, they're not, they, they grew up in households where like men don't cry. You know, you don't do this, you don't do that. You're supposed to stabilize and keep everything together. And so uh, my question to you was, is that something that you know was prominent in your household? Do you feel like, growing up like you had a space to just be vulnerable and be yourself or did you always feel that you had to man up and move on to the next thing um not necessarily i mean to a certain degree there are things that you know it's like oh it's just it's just a it's just a game you know don't get all emotional about it things like that (laughs) yeah but like yeah you know (laughs) i know uh, for those for, for those that don't know um, I'm a big San Francisco 49ers fan. Yeah. And a couple uh, about seven or eight years ago, there was a playoff game where the 49ers lost to our division rivals, the Seattle Seahawks. And a couple of buddies of mine decided to give me a call and just <laughs> go in on me via voicemail. Uh, I didn't take it well. I started crying, and my dad goes, Hey, everybody that's here right now needs to leave, Eddie included, because he needs to get a hold of himself. Stop crying. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, anyways, I digress. Um, no, I was always um, growing up, you know, man. Um, if you feel the need to cry, you feel the need to cry. And I never, I never got any of that from my dad, my mom, my grandmother. Um, it was always a very open space for me to just be myself. Yeah, that's awesome. I feel like a lot of people don't really get that opportunity, and so often we just we don't realize that that, that that's what we grew up in. And then we get older, and a lot of men tend to repress uh a lot of emotions because that's just what they were taught um i wouldn't say that it was like that in my household either but uh, i i definitely know plenty of people who yeah, grew up in that. I, I saw it a lot in other households mm-hmm. yeah and you can just tell right and 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 you, i think you know who's who 
it's it's interesting because doing that i feel like has those lasting effects on people because then they just bottle those emotions up and then it makes them angrier or it makes them like it makes whatever feeling they feel it's just always exaggerated it's always like over the top because it's intensified right it's intensified yeah exactly because they've never had that space to just release these feelings they've always been taught to just like keep it to themselves and uh it's it's a pretty it's it's a toxic thing and it, and it really does have these lo- these long lasting effects on on people of our culture and not just men but i think women too there's a lot of gender roles in our the hispanic culture that i, I think are just outdated that yeah, you, know, you know the man provides the woman cooks cleans exactly. takes care of the kids exactly. provide for his family but you know it's a, it's like i said earlier it's it's a give and take absolutely it's, you know it's it's a, it's teamwork absolutely teamwork makes the dream work Yeah, for sure. Uh so one thing I always like to kind of look back on uh you know, we've had our journeys and and our our younger 20s feel <laughs> they feel a little they feel a little bit of a ways away now. But I sometimes like to look back at my 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 young 20s, mid 20s, all that and think about these landmark moments and and decide whether and these decisions that I've made and just and I feel like a lot of people we have we all have something we regret in this life that we've done or said but when you look back at like after high school graduation up until like 26 27 up until that moment where you said fuck at 27 what would you say about that person that you were at that time were you proud of that person or do you think that you preferred that version of yourself to the one that you are now do you feel that who you were then and who you are now need to exist in the same world uh like walk me through those 19 through like 26 years and just kind of your mentality what you had going on in your life and where you saw yourself going post high school graduation you know went to FIU did a couple semesters and I was all about the party trips to Gainesville house parties togo parties you know all the good stuff uh lost track lost focus of what was important and that's uh, and it all led up to that fuck moment <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh looking back though I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't change much of what I went through what I, of what I of the experiences that I had cuz honestly those were a lot of once in a lifetime experiences you were there with me for a lot of them yeah one thing I do look back on and wish I could have done different is I wish I could have kept the focus on my studies so I'm still working on you know finishing that up but and I'm going to finish it up that's part yeah. of my uh, that's part of the plan that I've been alluding to mm-hmm. and If there's one thing that I do look back on and I'm like damn I could have done that better is partied but maintained the focus. Yeah. And it's... I think that I think why I'm looking back now I realize that if I had done that I probably wouldn't be in the position to say my to, to like have had that fuck moment. No, I I I it's totally easy where you're coming from. Uh it was it's very easy during those years to lose track and just kind of go And I know you spent a lot of those years working um at LA Fitness, a job you really didn't like, didn't care for at all. Uh you know, it was a job to to just have a job. While you were there, I was working at, you know, Pierre Chang's at a restaurant. Like once again, a job I didn't like. It was just a job to have a job and make some money. So often we were just doing things, uh, you know, because we were just tired from work and we just wanted to like let loose a little bit. Yeah, yeah, know? for sure. Let loose a little bit and just like de-stress because we weren't really like that portion for us like wasn't really we weren't where we wanted to be at it wasn't fulfilling 
it wasn't fulfilling exactly we didn't feel like we were really contributing you know as much as we we like to uh how would you feel you know looking back at at that time you spent at la fitness and and you know any jobs you worked i know you were the levi's too right all those jobs which i know more i know but it, when i think of levi's i think of that one story it, 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 you know you know the one um but looking back man obviously you know we're kids and we're going to you know a lot of the time we're going to school so uh, having an income is is necessary but looking back how would you say that th that experience working in that field in that customer service field and the people that you had to deal with how would you how do you think that that affected your mood your personality the way that you are today because i definitely feel like for me the restaurant industry had like adverse effects on how i am with other people you know whether it's respectfully or uh you know or just having a short temper with people mm -hmm. that the trauma that i got from that job hit me there so how would you say that that those jobs that you had affected um the person that you are today so i did one year levi's working stock you know that was in the back didn't really have to deal with customers mm -hmm. uh then i transitioned into the uh, la fitness job I, I worked front desk at la fitness for four years um learned a lot learned how to i learned how to talk to people i learned uh how to handle certain situations i learned that people are nastier than what i thought they were um they really opened my eyes to who lives in the city mm -hmm. uh, not a big fan no offense <laughs> to anybody yeah. no offense to anyone that <laughs> but it is, man. Uh, it is it is what it is you know like it's a city full of so not not in, it's i'm generalizing here but there are a lot of people that are just not grateful that don't have manners a lot of people that are just like um give it to me and give it to me now yeah and I learned how to deal with those kinds of people working four years at LA Fitness and working there uh, in the end prepared me for my current job. I work uh, for Baptist, for uh, Baptist at an urgent care, uh, for Baptist Health at an urgent care. And I've been working uh, front desk for Baptist for three years, three and a half years now. And without those four years at LA and learning how to talk to people, learning how to handle certain situations, learning who, who lives in this city, I would not make it where I am right now because they are considerably worse than, than the people I dealt with at LA. It's crazy, right? The the this mm -hmm. it's, it's this is a melting pot of people with different cultures and all that. So yeah. you kind of always have to remember that uh, when you're you know going through the motions uh, at at one of those jobs, you just you know don't really care yeah. to be at. And you lose us, and you kind of lose your um working a front desk job. You lose your empathy. You know, mm -hmm. yeah, you don't have empathy for people anymore. Yeah, because which is which is it's just because you go like you said you go through the motions. It's it's like rinse repeat, rinse repeat. Yeah, the easiest thing in the world is is to just be polite to somebody, and yet we find that so difficult uh, sometimes. And that's and that's my thing. And I I start my I start the day trying my best to be polite, mm -hmm. to, you know, to to give that smile as you like to, as you said, to make sure that I'm doing my job effectively, and make sure that the person is getting what they need done. You know. Mm -hmm. But then they walk in and they completely ruin that with their with their give me to me now attitude. I don't care. What's the weight? I need to be seen immediately, et cetera, et cetera. And that just changes your attitude immediately, bro. Absolutely. Because because yeah. you're like, listen, I'm I'm here being nice to you and you're coming up to me with the attitude. Like, what well, well, what is what is the issue here? Yeah. <laughs> you don't even know me for you for you to treat me like this. Yeah. We can get into a whole like sidebar about Miami and the people that live here 
but we've been here long enough to to kind of know how to navigate it uh, a little Life bit better. Lifelong, baby. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. This is a uh, this is quite the place. This is quite the place. Okay, so you guys know usually I like to uh, play some songs for you guys, uh, but one of the ideas that I had is that the guests that I have on, I would like for them to share their music so that we can kind of get a little bit more of them, so we can get to get to know their taste in music because obviously this is that's a big part of this podcast. Mario's a big music guy. He loves the classics. Uh, you know, me and him can talk about music for hours and hours and hours. So Mario has brought two songs to the show today to to show to all of you. And so we'll start with the first one. So Mario, what song will we be playing uh, for all the listeners today? So in terms of keeping with the theme, uh, we're going to go to a song off of one of my favorite albums. Uh, the album is Rumors by Fleetwood Mac, uh, released in 1977. The song is Don't Stop. It's the fourth track on the album. It's the happiest song on that album. I say that because that album was made with not a lot of loving, not a lot of nurturing. It was made with a lot of hates, uh, a lot of he said, she said. There was a lot of problems in the band. But that one song is the band showing you that there are brighter days ahead. The main, the main line in the chorus is Don't Stop Thinking About Tomorrow. And I think that applies here. Just keep looking forward and before things get worse, they're going to get better. I love that. I love that song also, but I love that you were able to just circle that back to the theme of the song. I didn't, I promise you guys, this was not planned. I didn't ask him to do this. He did it himself. This is a great choice. Great choice. Appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> of course. All right, guys. So without further ado, uh, here's Don't Stop by Fleetwood Mac.
Okay, so Mario, 29 years old now. You know, I feel that I'm also 29. Uh, you turned 30. Yeah, big, I big, 30 this year, though. <laughs> the big 3-0. The big 3-0 September. September. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, sir. Uh, how are you looking forward to it, man? Uh, so just before we get into that, I just want to say 30. We have a fascination in this country and I feel around the world with round numbers and those landmark ages, right? Like yep. 20, 30, 40, for whatever reason. And we really like put these ages and these numbers on a pedestal so for some people turning 30 is like nothing it's the next day some people don't even care about their birthdays or whatever but for other people 30 is a big deal so give me your thoughts on turning 30 and where you thought you'd be at this point in your life as opposed to where you are like are actually at right now um so in terms of turning 30 you know I'm the oldest out of all my cousins. All my cousins are still in the early 20s. So they've been making fun of me for the past two years saying that I'm going to blink my eyes, I'm going to be 30, mm -hmm. and that I'm old. I don't feel that way. Mm -hmm. I think that, that your 30s are your new 20s. And like I said earlier, um, you still have time to build your life, you know, to stay, to, to establish what you, what, what, what you want your future to be like. You can finish establishing that in your 30s. It doesn't have to be your 20s anymore. So to me, 30 is like, all right, we still have time. We're, we're, we're not done yet. Right. Absolutely. Um, I thought I'd be done. Mm -hmm. Wife, kids, the whole nine. House. Clearly, that's not the case. Yeah. Um, but like I said, there's still time. I'm Fair. still young. Yeah, we, we do that for some, why do, like, is it just me or did so many of us just, when we were 19, 20, like, oh, I'm going to be married by 25, I'm going to have a house and, and kids and the whole thing. And then and 25. That goes back, and that goes back to what we saw growing up, right. our parents having us young. We right. see that and we think that that's, that's what's like socially acceptable. Yeah. And as we got older, we, we, we started realizing, hold on, not hold your horses, there's still time. There's a there's a land it's like those landmark ages and we're just like mm -hmm. we we're gonna have this and this and that and that. Don't get me wrong, it's great to like set goals and you know have dates for those goals, but you can't freak out when that date arrives and you still haven't achieved everything that you've wanted to achieve because then you'll really start to stress yourself out. That's where the anxiety builds and it's it there's nobody needs that uh and i definitely did that man i thought the same thing as you i it, i thought i'd be married by like 25 26 you know something mm -hmm. that like and now looking back i was like hell no ain't no way like that i have never felt like i've been ready for that and to this day like i don't feel like marriage is a thing that i'm ready for so i'm totally with you on that going back to the 30 conversation one of the biggest things that i that i've had happen to me uh, over the past mostly year, two years, is I've had more anxiety now than I've ever had in my life before. And you being my be you being my best friend of you know many years, you know that like that's never really been me. That's that it, it kind of happened out of nowhere, right? I've always yeah. I've always enjoyed being you know that life of the party and and center stage, center stage, outgoing, the whole thing. And it's not that I don't have that in me anymore, but there have been times like, you know, I'm going to get real right now real quick. Uh, we went out for your birthday uh, this past September. Uh, mm -hmm. We went to the Yale house. It was you, your coworkers, our friend Mikey was there. And I know that you remember that day vividly because I think that was the first time that you had ever seen me truly just not there. I was physically there, but I was I wasn't there. 
I yeah. my that was some of the look on your face. Yes, that was some of the most heightened anxiety I've ever had in my life. And you saw my toes. I was playing with like my bracelet, like my leg was shaking. Like I just didn't want to be there. And like I told you, you know, and you even thanked me for like coming out because you could tell that like I just didn't want to be there. But because, you know, it's you, I was like, of course, you know, I'm going to get my shit together. I'm going to go out anyway. So for me, that's something that's really, it, it's happened a lot for me. And so how do you feel that anxiety has played a role into these later stages of your life? Well, not, sorry, not life, later stages of your twenties. I was, I was oh about to God, say, thanks I'm for so killing sorry. me off, bro. No, sorry. <laughs> these later stages of your twenties. Sorry, not your life. Oh my God. Um, you know, I've, uh, we could blame it on the pandemic. Yeah. But to be honest with you, man, um, you saw it. We, we actually hung out today. Me and I actually hung out today. Yeah. And uh, he saw, he, he noticed that my leg was shaking. I, or I pointed it out to him. I was like, yo, look, check this out. Mm-hmm. And there was literally nothing in the, that would, that would, in the, where we were that would have caused me to like have my leg shake. Mm-hmm. And I think it just, it's just something that it just happens to you when you don't know what's going, what, 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 you don't know what, how to react to something. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, it was, we weren't doing anything out of the ordinary. Yeah. But for some reason, I felt like, damn what if this were to happen what yeah. if that were to happen yeah. your head just starts going and <laughs> that's been ha- that's been happening to me you know for as long as i can remember um mm-hmm. myself personally and uh and like i said i don't want to blame it on the pandemic but the pandemic itself did heighten that a little bit right yeah. uh, you know just being stuck at home the uh i work in uh, i work in i'm not a nurse i'm not a doctor i'm not anything but i do work in the medical field and I was on the front lines with these COVID patients, you know, here, like during that lockdown. And that added to my stress, to my anxiety, because what if I, what if I don't take care of myself? What if, what if I, I bring it home? My parents uh, are in their late 50s. I have an aunt with health conditions that lives with me. Well, I have my little brother living with me. What if I bring this virus home? Yeah. Are they going to make it? Am I going to make it? You know? Yeah. So various factors. Uh, come into that into you know your anxiety levels your stress levels not um and it's up to you to to figure to like not let that take over you can like 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 what you did with me you noticed you noticed something was up you pull me aside let's talk mm-hmm. there's a lot of ways that you can take control of it don't let don't let it take control of you you have to take control of it yeah what are some of the things that you you find yourself doing to when, whenever you go through anxiety or these episodes, what are some of the things that you find yourself doing to kind of get out of that? What is <laughs> as millennial and Gen Z as it sounds, bro, I I scroll through TikTok. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, I go I go on TikTok and there's so much entertaining shit on there, man. Mm-hmm. Um, that's when I'm at home. Yeah. I'll just I'll I'll just scroll through TikTok, man, and I find myself just leveling down, relaxing at yeah. work. At work, man, I just crank the tunes. Yeah. I just put, I just go on YouTube and I the same playlist on repeat every day. It's the same playlist. <laughs> I work with one of my with one of my best friends, Michael, one of Eddie's best friends as well, yeah. and he can tell you that it gets nauseating <laughs> to him at least and to everybody else with me. Because you play it's like Queen, it's like a Queen all day. It's like, you know you know what? It's not. Oh yeah, we'll, we'll start off with Shadow Dancing by Andy Gibb. And it's just a pure disco playlist every single day. And every once in a while, I'll go to the Queen Well. 
Mm. But I just play my tunes. I play the same playlist every day, and I level down. Yeah, creature of habit, man. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I and right. Amy, and you know that I can, you know that I can respect the music part because I, mm-hmm. I, you know, I didn't even know this. It was years ago, um, and it was back when I was dating when I was uh, with Michelle. Uh, okay. Michelle is one of you know Mario's dearest friends. Also, and I was with Michelle, and Michelle, shout out Michelle, of course, <laughs> and. Uh, I was having, it was random. I, I just had like this one night where I was just like off. And, you know, when you're with somebody, they tend to try to do everything that they can to make sure that like you're okay. And they want to try to fix you or like help you get out of it. And, you know, I love that. Like it's redeemable. But that night I found myself, I'm like, no, I don't want that. And I remember the exact album I put on, I put on 10 by Pearl Jam. Uh, it's uh, the the unplugged version on, on yeah, on it from MTV. I put that on and like within an hour I was back and that's just what you need. And sometimes you have to go to those vices, whether your thing is to read, to write, to, to run, to, you know, an album, a song, whatever, just find it, you know, get there and ground yourself and find that time. Mm-hmm. So I definitely appreciate that, that you did that uh, or, or that you, you know, use music as kind of that, that coping thing to get you back to, to where yeah, you're whatever at. Whatever it takes, bro. Absolutely. Whatever it takes, man. And, you know, judge free. Yeah, don't let no, don't let nobody tell you like, oh, that's what you do. Fuck that. If yeah, it's what helps, if it's what helps you, it's what helps, man. Exactly, man. Yeah, as long as you know it's not like detrimental to your health. Or anything, oh, of course, of course, yeah. of course. Like, I'm not advocating for any any drug use, any alcohol abuse, none of that. Just yeah. just to be just to as a precursor, as a warning. yeah, as a little disclaimer for sure. Exactly, <laughs> disclaimer. Yeah, man. So that's that's great. Uh, and and I learned about that too about grounding uh, grounding yourself, finding ways to do that. Um. But I guess one of the last things I'm going to ask is, you know, I don't, I don't want to take too much of your time. It's also late. I know you're tired, you know, the old man stuff. You're hitting, you know, you're almost 30. You're turning 30 this year. So I know your bedtime's a little bit earlier than it used to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Whatever. Yeah. But uh, so one of the things, one of the last things I want to talk about, and uh, I feel like it's very, it's, it's a good conversation for you and I to have. And obviously we have this like big group of guy friends, right? And, uh, you know, we have a group chat that's been active for like seven years now, and, and it's mm-hmm. great. Um, so you and I have this very open uh, communication about like, you know, when things are off, like we can openly talk about it, right? Just check up on each other and make sure we're good. And if we need to have a conversation, then we'll go have that conversation, right? Mm-hmm. And another thing that you do, once again, going back to the machismo culture, right? You one thing that you say that I, I and I don't take this lightly. You tell me uh, that you love me, right? Yeah, I remember you literally texted me. It was like mid July. I'll never forget. It was like mid July. I remember exactly where I was, and you sent me a random "I love you," just out of nowhere, right? Like Saturday afternoon. I was like, "So what do I owe this?" And you're like, oh, "I just love you, bro. I just thought about it. Want to let you know." And those little th- those things are kind of what separates, like you know, like your friends from like your family. Right. Like, and you know, and, and that open relationship. And uh, so for that, bro, I'm super grateful. And you know that I, I reciprocated back with you. I, no, I of love, course, bro. Yeah. You know, I love giving people their flowers and making sure that they, they know they're loved. So I appreciate you for, for doing that as well. But I, my question was going to be, um, do you feel like you have arrived at a space with your friends and your family where you feel comfortable uh, to talk about, you know, what you're going through with people? Right. And you have like a you don't need to have, you know, the same conversation with everybody. But do you feel like you have like 
a circle of people that you can really trust and you know feel confident to just be open and free uh, at this point in your life? I do. I, yeah. I do. Um, it's um, family-wise, man. I, my mom and I were open books with each other. We, I can talk to her about anything, and she'll try to give me the best advice she can. And uh, in terms of friends, you know, it's kind of one hand type of deal. Yeah. Maybe a finger or two on the other. Yeah. But I do feel like I have a good, a good group, a good support system around me mm -hmm. that I can, of people that I can talk to. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and they'll advise me as best they can. Yeah. And I'm just very grateful for that. Yeah. No, everybody needs that, man. Uh, you know, you don't want to go through these, these battles, these things, you know, alone. And, and part of this podcast is to kind of have people understand that there are other people out there that go through the same, you know, uh, thought processes and that are going through a lot of similar things. Because uh, when you know that someone is kind of going through what you're going through, right, it's kind of this weird, comforting feeling, um, as bad as that may sound sometimes, but it is comforting for a lot of people. So, uh, but it's also important to be able to, you know, have that support system to to talk about these uh, these things and talk about your life and you know feel comf uh, comfortable or around that, uh, and so I guess one of the last things uh, I know that so that was like my second to last question. So <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. I so, mean, anyway, when, when time flies when you're having fun, bro. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we could do this conversation for like multiple episodes if we want. Yes, one hundred percent. I'm sure. Uh, so I mean, I guess the last thing I wanted to ask, man, is. Um, you know, what's next? What, what's, what's like your driving factor right now? What's like motivating you to, to achieve these like next level goals that you, that you want to achieve? Um, and you know, what, not to, hey, not to put pressure or anything. Cause you know, I'm not about like setting those pressured expectations, but if you had like a five-year plan or whatever, like, what do you, what, what do you want for yourself to, you know, kind of gets you to that point where you want to be at? Well, uh, five year, if we're talking five year plan, bro, um, I want to be a homeowner. Mm -hmm. I want to have my own place, you know, a place for me where, you know, like that's that's cliche as it sounds, you know, that's the American dream, you know, yeah. have your own house. Nobody can take that from you. Well, maybe except the bank if you don't make your payments, but you know, <laughs> but yeah. you got there, you, you got there, you know, you got there. That yeah. I want to have my own place. Um, and as bad and as I'm not trying to say I'm doing it for them, but I do want to make my parents prouder of me than they already are. Mm -hmm. I just, I, I feel like I would just want to make them more and proud and more proud and more proud. Yeah. By the time that they're, uh, by the time that, you know, we hit five years from now. Earlier, we had Mario uh, present Don't Stop Like Fleetwood Mac, an absolute classic song. So, Mario, what other song will we be playing for the listeners today? This song is completely off theme. It's just a, a, a song that I really enjoy. And it's historical as well. It's uh, the background of the song is it takes place. It's, it's about the, the Russian revolution, about a, about a, a man who uh, served the czar of Russia at that time named Rasputin. <laughs> and this song tells you the story of Rasputin through the magic of disco. Yes. This is a song called Rasputin. Uh, by the uh, Bo Boney M. Boney M. Boney M. The girl Boney M. And um, it's a it's a fun song, and you'll learn some history as well. 
Yes, absolutely. I, I also, another song that I love. Thank you. Two for two, Mara. Two for two. Appreciate that. All right. So without further ado, here's uh, Rasputin by Boney M. Obviously, you know, as one of one of your your best friends here, I I want all that for you, and I hope that you know it gets here sooner rather than later. Um, it, you're and you're and you're a smart you're a smart ass dude, man, and and, and and you know you're very well family oriented, and there's no reason to ever want anything but the best and just nothing but success for you, man. Uh, we wouldn't be friends this long. We we wouldn't have been friends this long if you know. If I didn't see something in you, friend, because uh, I, I I like to surround myself with people that um, you know bring something to the table um, yeah. and motivate me in one way or another, or you know share the, the same values that I do. And so you know I just wanna, as we end this um, this interview, I just wanna take a second to give you your flowers, man, and let you know that uh, I truly have appreciated like this decade plus long uh, friendship that we've had. I look forward to you know, more and more years, if I ever decide to get married, which I mean, at this point, I don't even know, obviously I'll have, I, you know, I'd love to have you standing up there, uh, you know, by my side, I'm sure it's, you know, goes back the other way, but. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. Sir. But yes, thank sir. you for being, thank you for being you, man. And for, for sharing in this, this passion for the for music that I have and, and being a great friend and, uh, and, and for your family as well, man. And I, like I, your family is like a second family to me. They're so respectful to me. They, you know, when I go in, they take me in, they feed me. Uh, they, you know, they treat me as one of their own. Um, even your mom, when I don't see her for a while, she's just like, oh, que te perdiste, you know? Yeah, yeah like, amor, como esta? <laughs> <laughs> you know? So it's it's great, man. It's awesome to to, to have that relationship. Yeah, man, you know, like over the years, you, you, you've become family. And I can say, and that I can kind of one hand a friend that I've become family. And yeah. uh, you're one of them, dude. 
Thank you, bro. Uh, we, we do love you here in the Lola household. Appreciate and just, you're right, this friendship we've, have, we've had, it's gone a long time. Um, and if we didn't see something in each other, 100%, we would not be friends. Yeah, well, for sure. We definitely, because <laughs> other than that, man, like, you know. Because like, if we're being honest here, bro, we're, we're, we're very there, was, there was a time, but there was a time there where you pissed me off. <laughs> hey, bro. There was a time where you pissed me off, but you know what, bro? Like, that's what, that, that shit happens in friendships yeah. and, in, and it, it happens in families and like a third that's sibling rivalry. Yeah, man. That's, that sibling rivalry adds spice to the relationship. You know I, what I mean? I'm sure, man. I pissed, I pissed a lot of people off, but just know that most of the time, it, the intentions were well. Maybe just 9.5, 9.5 out of 10 times, you're a solid dude. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Yeah, I'll take that, bro. That's better, that's, that's better than, than most. Um, but yeah, so thanks for that. Um, and just thanks for being the, the first guest, man. Uh, this was this was a great it was conversation. An honor. It was an honor. For sure, brother. Uh, it was a great conversation, and 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 thank you for those things for for your vulnerability for you know uh, diving into your your mindset, which and your struggles and all that, and you know how you persevered through them. Um, I hope that people can 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 gain something from this conversation. And as we continue to move forward in this podcast. And also, thank you for the wonderful selection of music as well. You picked two great songs that I hope people enjoy as well. Um, I'll enjoy it too, you know, anybody. And if anybody has any questions about those songs, feel free to hit me up at yeah. Mario Lola underscore on Instagram. <laughs> you plugging yourself on my own show? Hey, hey. bro, you know, it's that cheap plug. How dare have, you? It's a cheap plug, man. You want to plug sure your you Facebook and your MySpace like, too? What's up, bro? At Eddie AFB oh. on Instagram. Oh my God! They know my Instagram, man. They find <laughs> gotta plug. Wait, maybe this podcast makes the way to somebody who doesn't know you, bro. Right, I gotta fine. plug you. Okay, fair, fair, fair. All right, man. Whatever. All right, uh, I'm not gonna take any more of your time. It's 11:05. It's past your bedtime. I, I appreciate Slightly. you, brother. I appreciate you, brother. Right, my brother. Thank you I love you. Me, I love you. Love you know too, that. And, and and thank you again for for coming on this show. And you know, absolutely, uh, bro. For sure, brother. All right, bro. Later. Later, man. So there we have it, the first interview of the After the Storm podcast. I just want to thank my friend Mario again for joining me and for that great conversation. He was really honest about uh, what he's got going on and opened up about his anxieties and his tics and uh, some of the things that he fears. And it was it was just great to see him feel comfortable and have a space to just be vulnerable and uh, just open up about things and as I said I hope that this can be the foundation yet again for more and more of these conversations uh, and I really look forward to it uh, going forward we have arrived at the end of another episode and as you know already I'll never leave you guys without playing at least one more song. And so to keep with the Latino spirit that I kept up on the first part of the podcast, I'm going to play one of my favorite songs of all time. But before I do that, I do want to go over the songs that I played earlier because I know that I didn't actually introduce them as I usually do. So the first song that you heard was Doscientos Copas by Karo G. And the second song you heard was Tu Si Sabes Quererme by Natalia Laforcade. And naturally, because we're Latino and we love to sing about our emotions and our heartbreaks and all that, both of those songs kind of fit that same theme. And so does this one. But this one is more of a classic. 
And if you don't know this, I guarantee that your parents do or your older brother does or your older sister. But if this is your first time on this, then you can thank me later. So as always, thank you guys for listening, for making it this far. You've made it this far. Go out and conquer your day. Go out and conquer tomorrow, the day after. I hope everything in your life is going well right now. And without further ado, I present to you Lamento Boliviano by Enanito Verdes. Me quieren agitar, me incitan a gritar. Soy como una roca, palabras no me tocan. Adentro hay un volcán que pronto va a estallar. Yo quiero estarte.